Hey everybody, welcome back to Pod Lasso, Talking Ted with Jess and Logan. I'm Logan. And I'm Jess. And I'm way too happy for somebody who just came in dead-ass last at trivia. <laughs> but <laughs> if it was Ted Lasso trivia, I think I could have got that. I think but... you probably would have killed it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm the only one in my stupid city who watches Ted Lasso. <laughs> oh. I mean, I'm sure that's not true, but... Um, so anyway, we're going to talk Ted Lasso. We're on season one, episode five, five, six. I'm losing count. Six. (laughs) We're on episode six. Six. It's called Two Aces. aces. I paid attention this time. (laughs) I get confused because of the the podcast numbering is different than the episode numbering and always trip myself up doing it. So, um, season one, episode six. Two aces, so that means we're over, this puts us over the halfway mark for season one, which is yep. exciting because we just got the announcement that season three will be premiering March 15th, and if you're following along with us, don't worry, because, well, <laughs> I don't know, we haven't really discussed this. I am of the opinion that, like, there's plenty of Ted Lasso podcasts, and what we're doing is just really, I mean... If you're listening, awesome. But it's for us to discuss the show. So (laughs) it's a rewatch podcast anyway. So I don't feel like we should be like, oh, no, we got to talk about season three right now. And I am totally fine with that. But my question is, are you going to watch it? So do I need to watch (laughs) it so that you don't spoil me? No, 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 no. I I will not spoil anything. Okay. I, okay. I think I'm pretty good. The, the worst I ever get is like, so this will be important, but I will watch myself and not allude to anything like that might play out in season three. Okay. And I'll, but I'll, then when I'll we watch get to ahead. season three, I'll be like, so by the way, this is a callback. Like this happened in this episode and it was really important that informs this and this and this. So, okay. You know, okay. Uh, if I if I do watch ahead, I will let you know, and I'll let you know where I'm at. Okay. Um, but I'm not promising I'll be able to do that. <laughs> so it, it also keeps us from, because you'll be doing one other podcast that yes. requires a lot more work for you. Yeah. Um, including probably watching a 45-minute episode of a show multiple times. At which, least twice. Yeah. <laughs> which when you work a full-time job, have a husband and children, Mm-hmm. Like it was difficult for me, and I'm a single dude with no <laughs> responsibility. So my life is insanity, or so I am. I am told very often. Um, yeah, I'm also trying to like start my own business, like side hustle thing, so oh, I can. Nice. Yeah. So, so that's just yeah, yep. Yeah. Everything just kind of like gets swapped out. It's like okay, tonight is podcasting night, <laughs> and honestly, my brain really takes so much between working and then kids and family yeah. and then so, trying. Uh, I don't know. This a lot. <laughs> so yeah, I don't think anybody should be too worried about us. If we do spoil anything, it'll be like at the end of every episode, we may, might have a like five minute discussion on on this week's episode, like this happened. And uh, I can't wait till we can talk about it more in depth, but that's if we're even in the same place. Um, I'm not, I'm not super worried about it. Um, 
So yeah, I mean, it's season three. Like I'm, we've known it's coming for two years. <laughs> and, That's true. But to I'm be fair, so I, only, I only recently just started watching the show, so I haven't been waiting as long as you have. But I'm still yeah. excited. <laughs> um, it is possibly it. Like they they said, three seasons is what everybody was signed on for initially. Okay. So. Um, it could be just those 10 episodes and then it's done, but, oh, hope not. you know, it could also, uh, I think Bill Lawrence has said it's largely dependent upon, um, Jason Sudeikis because it's, that's him. Like there's no show, yeah. but yeah. that doesn't mean we can't have spinoff shows. Also true. Uh, also true. Like, we, I I would see any of these characters in a spinoff show. Um, yes, one hundred percent. Or if they even needed an out for Jason Stakis, I would be cool with him passing on uh the torch, if you will, to oh, yeah. some of our other coaches and going head to head with our big villain that we know is coming. <laughs> that I'm not going to spoil just yet, but I, I, I think would watch we're the heck redemp- out of that. I think we're getting a redemption arc. So. Oh, um, okay. We'll see. We'll see. Okay. Did you did you watch the teaser trailer? I sure did not. I need to. It it doesn't give away any plot info. Okay. And I won't spoil the trailer, but it's in the vein of the show. Like it's so kind of funny, and then so incredibly heartbreakingly sweet that mm-hmm. like it's thirty seconds, and I was like, "Fuck." <laughs> like, <I'm laughs> Oh, okay. Uh, I will, I will, I will watch it probably as soon as we're done here. (laughs) Um, yeah, yeah, we can, I'm, I'm, my plan is not because it's coming March 15th, which is less than a month away. Uh So I'm not, if anything gets thrown out there, I'm not watching anything else. I just, I watched, I read that it was a nothing teaser and so I was like, okay, I'm going to watch this. And <laughs> it's safe. So, I'll watch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, so we're going to talk about episode six. We're going to spoil it. If you didn't watch it, I, I mean, go watch it. Uh, and we'll probably have a little bit of like future spoilers at the end as we've kind of been doing. So, but we'll try to give you a heads up. Um, so we've yeah. been starting with a kind of sort of personal, not too personal question at the <laughs> beginning of every episode. And just like last week, I, I went back and forth on like, do I go with the like big question in this one or do I do something little like Ted mentioned Sour Patch Kids at some point And it's so <laughs> a specific a reference. I'm like, well, that's Ted's favorite candy for sure. Um <laughs> But I I just went big. Like, do you believe in curses and are ghosts? Oh, I do like this question. This is a good question. I, okay. Curses, not really. He does, he did kind of have a point, you know, the Cubs eventually won World Series. And what was the other one? Oh, the Boston Red Sox. Same thing. So I'm not, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not big into curses. I'm not really a very like superstitious person, uh, mostly because I'm not a very religious person, <laughs> but I also have a complicated, um, not like relationship, but like 
ghosts are like can be a, a bit of a different thing for me because while I'm not a super religious or spiritual person, I do think that like the people that um, have had like experiences with ghosts and other phenomenon, I do think it's just something different like within our greater universe that we just don't fully understand that maybe is like trying to like bleed through or something. So I have more of kind of like a weird timey-wimey version of ghosts <laughs> that I subscribe okay. to uh, as opposed to curses, which I'm like, eh, no, I don't really fully believe, I think, in like a curse curse. And I don't believe that, you know, like people can be cursed, like, you know, like when someone you know, so like like a witch would curse someone you know what i mean like like something out of a movie like i don't I, i'm not really big into all that um yeah I, I i think i fall somewhere in in there um i was raised pretty religious so like my oh, grand my grandfather was a, a pastor um so my mom is a preacher's kid so mm. like we had we had to be at church um i'm still it's really funny like the more i read like about religion not not about religion but like about my specific religion like mm -hmm. the more i read for myself the more i was like oh the people that i'm surrounded by for the most part do not actually follow any of this stuff <laughs> right <laughs> like, it is not you know and i'm not pointing fingers but like it's just a lot of, like in most things it's a lot of hypocrisy oh yeah where it's you know do as I, do I say, as I say not, not as not, I do yeah and I'm just like oh this is dumb I'm not doing this and I'm not gonna <laughs> not gonna subject myself to people who are constantly um you know I'd not to turn it into a religious thing but so yeah it like I guess spiritual is more the like and it sounds like such a hippy dippy thing to say like I'm spiritual I'm not religious um no. curses though i i don't know i've felt cursed my whole life and not <laughs> in a like uh more in like uh like the red Sox or the cubs or like a curse of inconvenience where it's just like this will make your life infinitely harder it won't kill you but it's just gonna make it suck so <laughs> um you know I, I felt like that for a very, very long time, but I also believe that most of that is literally just all in our heads. Like it just gets in your head and you yeah. just trip yourself up more and more and more and more. Um, it's kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy sometimes, and that can go both ways. That can go like yeah. for curses and for people that are like... I'm the luckiest person in the world and all of that sort of stuff. It's like, yes, I, I feel the like it's power of positive thinking. It's, know? it's a mind exactly. It's a mindset shift. Right. So it's like, if you tend to be more of a pessimistic person or real realist, if you will, which is me also, <laughs> yes. Then you would tend more towards the, Oh my gosh, I'm cursed in my life sucks side. Whereas like, I feel if you're just like overly positive and optimistic and always looking on the bright side of things, then that's what you're going to see. And you're going to be like, Oh, but you can always find something good in everything. And my glasses have full all the mm -hmm. time. <laughs> that's really not me either. Yeah. But. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I struggle with that so much. Like, I can do it for other people. Like, if you're telling True. me, like, all this is going on, I'm like, okay, well, if you look at it this way, if it, but then, like, when it comes to my life, I'm just like, 
fuck, burn it all down. <laughs> like, it's burn it all, to the ground. It's all shit. <laughs> <laughs> you just want to watch the world burn, Logan. Yeah. Come on. Um, but yeah, ghosts, I definitely uh, ascribe to that. Like, and it's it's funny because you've uh, we both brought up um, the uh, 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 what's his name's podcast. Yes. And he talks about like afterlife stuff just yeah. because of the premise of the the movies to be buried with just because of the premise. And like a lot of people will say the same thing of like, I don't know if I believe in heaven or hell and like all of that stuff, but like, it's like scientific fact that you like matter can't be destroyed. It can be converted, it can, but you can't just like end something. It becomes something else. So like the idea that like, you know, there's something in between there, like, you know, if, if your soul is an actual thing, then like mm, you can't mm-hmm. destroy That's it. The question. Yeah. So um, is, is the soul a soul or is a soul all part of our consciousness? And yeah, I don't want to say imagination, <laughs> but it's a construct in our minds that allows us to have higher intelligence. This turned really philosophical really yeah, fast. Yeah. <laughs> Should we start <laughs> another podcast? I'm just kidding. <laughs> so I was like, do I get it's like, no, nah, I should just say favorite. What's your favorite candy? I was like, no, I'm going to go with the big question, man. Because it, it, it's such a big part of this episode. It, it really uh, is. It really is. Um, okay. So, uh, I mean, we're both kind of on the same page there. Uh, I mean, yeah. I, I feel like that's a, a pretty standard answer. But which I, I, I don't know if that makes us just... Uh, like normal or if I don't know anyway so uh <laughs> the episode um so I, I want to ask you about the title yes. two aces are you a poker person cards any kind of gambling I I love I love cards in general although I can never find time or people to to play them with me like but i'm talking like real card games but i also do really love blackjack um i don't go to the casino very often but i do like to play blackjack a lot and i am familiar with poker like i know how to play but i don't play i haven't played in years it 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 bugs me that it's called two aces (laughs) not pocket aces fair fair (laughs) i don't know why but like literally since the first time I saw the episode when he kept just saying two aces I was like why doesn't he say pocket aces like <laughs> is this not like did they change it because like that's not a thing and I was like no because like for a while yeah, there a for like eight or nine years poker was huge not just here fucking everywhere mm-hmm. like it was everywhere there were like three channels it just broadcast poker 24 mm-hmm. hours a day so like no no the- no world series of poker yeah. right so yes. it's like everyone so i'm like why not call it pocket aces i don't get it but that that's a question i'm gonna ask bill lawrence one day like yeah why or brett goldstein because he might brett goldstein seems like a much nicer person bill lawrence seems nice but like brett, brett goldstein seems like he would go out of his way to not offend you <laughs> or make fun of you also, I feel like he's more accessible. 
<laughs> I feel like you could That's like fair. comfortably like shoot him a DM or an email to his podcast or something or and just be like, hey, for the record, I was curious <laughs> since he's I mean, he's he's like the head of writing for the show. Yeah, he's the perfect person to ask. Um, so the, the plot of the episode, though, now once I get my uh, actually, there is another question I wanted <laughs> to ask you, but it it, it it involves the plot. Okay. And explaining to me and anybody who doesn't know what a striker is. A forward, the person that um it okay, so how much of an explanation do you want? That was the simple explanation. <laughs> do you know what a forward is in soccer slash no. football? Okay. So do you know what a the basic formation of people on the field? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's start with basics. There's 11 people on the field total for okay. for on one side on on one team. There's a, there's 11 on the field. You've got you've got a goalie, and then a really standard formation is called a four four two, which means you have four in the defense, four in your midfield, and two up front. Those are your strikers. So. Strikers pretty much hang out kind of um, they have to remain on sides, but they kind of hang out on the offensive side of the field because they're your main people that you're going to either play the ball to to score like on a breakaway or they're going to lay it off to the midfielders who would be coming up the wings to cross the ball back in to said strikers who then score the goal. Your strikers are your goal scorers. That's a very simple way to put it. Okay. Um, I mean, I kind of, I definitely get the gist of that, like from watching the show. I Um, need a whiteboard. (laughs) If I had a whiteboard, (laughs) I could legit draw this out for you. (laughs) Um, uh, Maybe I'll do that and take a picture and send it to you. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, no, I I totally get what you're saying. Um, Because, like, the defense would be playing back towards the goal. The offense yes. would be playing closer to where the ball is is starting or as it's coming to the midfield because you want to get it to the other side of the field. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so your, your strikers typically hang up around like your opponent's defensive line, just kind of bugging them and getting in the way and like doing all sorts of things to like get open and get the ball or whatever. And your midfield is both offensive and defensive. So your two strikers or one striker, depending on the formation that you have up front are purely offensive. They don't ever come back on defense. They are there for you to clear the ball forward and to make a break and score um, against your opponent. The midfield does double duty. You play both offense and you go back, you have to fall back for defense. It's, one of the hardest positions on the field coming from someone who was a midfielder for most of her yeah, life. That, that sounds pretty <laughs> difficult. Like in American football terms, the striker is kind of like, you would think it would be the quarterback, but really it's more like the, the wide receiver because yes. their, their goal is to get into the field, get open. And like, if they're not the guy that's going to get open to bug the shit out of the defense. Yes. So that somebody else can get open. Your goalie is the quarterback. Good goalies are your leaders on the field. And the second most important position is usually your center midfielder. It's typically your strongest player. It's your workhorse. Okay. Um, and baseball terms, strikers kind of 
like the third batter because like that's the strongest batter in baseball is on your team always bats third because you want that guy if the other two people get on base you want him to get them in true so, yes um, so that's yeah, true that, that that make it makes a lot more sense. Like, like I said, I got the gist of it, but I was like, oh, I'm gonna ask Jess to fully explain this to me, and also for anybody else who doesn't know, a, like me, a damn thing about football, real yep. football. So, well, there you go. You got way more explanation than you probably needed because it took me a million years to get to the simple explanation. As per usual, I overcomplicate everything. Well, no, it's still important <laughs> to understand like what they're doing like just saying well it's the person that scores the goal it's it's the simple answer but it's still a simple answer like they're doing other things um the idea of bugging the defense like i love that so oh yeah no i once had a coach told me tug tug on tug on their shorts tug on their jersey just piss them off get in their head because when you get in their head they make mistakes yep so i mean i wasn't fouling anybody but I mean, I, I had a girl once turn in, turn in like, I thought she was going to deck me. I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but I did my job. <laughs> I pissed her off and I got in her head. <laughs> I don't remember if I was able to score off of that, but, you know, it worked. So Jamie, Jamie Tart is mm-hmm. all, uh, really not the not necessarily the lone striker on the team, but he is the guy um, because he's so, so talented. Yeah. And, and depending on their formation, he might be. So, some only play with one striker. It depends okay. on, because you could do a 3-5-1 or you could do a 4-4-2 or, I mean, there's other formations, but the most common is a 4-4-2. Um, so he benched his goal scorer yep. at the end of last episode, um, which that I should have asked last week because that puts it way <laughs> more into perspective of why that's such a big deal. Um well, yeah, he's it, also like the star player. Though. Yeah. So I mean, I feel like the audience was able to get there just from the way they've they've painted Jamie in general. Yeah. Um. But just the, the fact that they won on top of that, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, it's you know you're going out there with the the guy who, you know, can seemingly always get it done, but he's playing selfishly. So you bench him, and somehow you still manage to win the game. So. Mm-hmm. You know, that that brings up all manner of things, which, you know, so when we opened the episode, Ted's distraught. Mm. He lost his wife. Uh, He Mm. benched a star player who, you know, is just giving him hell. And he decides to walk to work and gets lost. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. This, This cold open was hilarious and awkward and just... I mean, it was like one of the the greatest monologues I've I've seen from <laughs> from a character in a, in a long time. <laughs> it was, it was yeah, awesome. I, it's it's probably my favorite like cold open of the show, if for only the way it ends, like the lead into the music, like mm-hmm. Ted just going da 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 da. Like he's clearly on the edge of like he's about to have a breakdown, mm-hmm. and then he's like, I, I Nate, I need you and Beard to plan practice. And uh, then he just like walks out, and Nate's like, "Is he okay?" And Beard's just like, "No." I love that. <laughs> that is like my favorite reaction from him. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, yeah, I, it's it's so freaking good. 
the the guy that plays Beard, like he's just I love him. Yeah. I, I mean, he is the perfect uh I, I, I I don't know what you call it, but like it's like an it's like their Abbott and Costello. He's yes. like a straight man. Yes. Um, you know, it's probably the best term. But yeah, he he's just the perfect straight man. Um he he actually gets my favorite joke in the whole episode, and we'll get to that towards the end. So um so uh then we get uh his little uh conversation with uh rebecca about uh they're possibly pulling jamie's uh loan is what Mm -hmm. they call it now uh not to get off on another like can you explain (laughs) this to me but this is probably the thing i understand the absolute least like i understand offsides better than i understand how the fuck do you loan a player to another team that you literally will have to play possibly? That makes zero sense to me. Well, hold on. Uh, Cred. I don't want to like jump into spoiler territory. Yeah. Um, Well, maybe we could say we'll save this for the end. I so. I can yeah I I can skip that part and I if you remind me I can I can flush it back out later because there's a key base of this puzzle that we that we I think most people should assume but I hasn't been outright said and it does get outright said I believe in the next episode yeah um okay so skipping that piece of it I, I so like as I understood it Jamie is he's contracted to play with is it Manchester City. Yes. Which I think is a real team, by the way. Um, and so he so his contract is is with them. And I, I I did not look up the details of this. So this may be slightly incorrect. But so like it, it, since they hold his contract, they basically I don't know if they are paying it or if part of the loan is that Richmond also has to pay Jamie. But essentially, he, Richmond doesn't own Jamie's contract. So he's on loan to Richmond, probably because he's a giant pain in the ass. And the the stipulation, or so we're being told the stipulation of said loan is that Jamie, not that like Jamie needs to be played like as a, I don't know that that's necessarily a stipulation of the loan per se, but I think what Rebecca is presenting to us is that Hey, Man City noticed that you benched him. If you're not going to play him, he's a pretty darn good player, so we want him back. That's how I took that. Yeah. But um, as that, far as, like, the loaning goes. Yeah. that that's, that's the thing that trips me up, right? So, um, and I know we're getting into a lot of non-specific episode talk. Um, but, like, so. Looking it up. Uh, we have, football doesn't have this, but baseball seems like the most uh, equivalent here we have minor leagues and major leagues and you have different triple mm-hmm. a single a double uh, a minor league teams and huge organizations uh like the braves have several minor league franchises that they use to develop players um and you can call them up but what they can't you can trade another player 
but you can't like it's not alone you know so it's like this mm-hmm. weird thing where like it, it's it's such a strange thing to me because <laughs> those two teams could possibly play each other at some point and therefore like it, it seems like a conflict of interest where like are they still paying this guy? Where do his loyalties lie? Because he's on loan to them. It's just so bizarre that like it was, I mean, I can wrap my head around it. I mean, I fucking watch Marvel movies so I can just <laughs> roll with anything, but like in real world terms, it's, it's my, it, like it, it'll break my brain. It, it's like the multiverse. <laughs> so yeah, yes and no. Okay. So I'm looking up some information here. All right. So, Loans between Premier League clubs and other English counterparts are officially called temporary transfers. So there's that. There are restrictions as to how many players Premier League clubs can loan from other Premier League and English clubs. Um, you can't register more than two players on a loan at any one time, apparently. Okay. Uh, mac- maximum number of loans in the same season is four. And under no circumstances shall more than one be from the same club at any one time. Okay, so this is just a bunch of rules on, like, how to do the loan, but not maybe explaining, like, what it is, other than the fact that it's, like, a temporary transfer. Um, Okay. Deal sheet allows the club to confirm that deal has been reached in order to allow for additional time to submit remaining documentation. Okay, that's not really what I'm looking for. It's it's such an interesting concept in, in sports, though. Like it, it's it's not something that American sports like I if it were there originally I'm sure we'd all wrap our heads around it just fine but like if somebody tried to introduce that into American sports people would lose their shit. <laughs> okay. Uh. Well. Okay. So Wikipedia. Uh. We're gonna go ahead and call this for the win. I guess I don't know. It's from Wikipedia. So. Here's here's what it says. A loan involves a particular player being able to temporarily play for a club other than the one to which they are currently contracted, which is kind of what I was was thinking as well. Um, loan deals can last from a few weeks to a full season, sometimes persisting for multiple seasons at a time. Players may be loaned to other clubs for several reasons. Most commonly, young prospects are loaned to a club, oh, this says in a lower league, to gain invaluable first team experience. So it sounds like they were kind of going with that principle with Jamie Tart and also the fact that he's kind of a pain in the ass. Right. That they're loaning him to Richmond because Richmond is the lower tier team, whereas like so they yeah. want him to like work out his shit before they put him on with Man City. Yeah, even though they're in they're both because they're both in the Premier League. Correct. But, but Richmond is so far down. Like that that yeah. it it gets I think it's brought up um the idea of relegation is I was brought say, up. Don't ask me to explain relegation. I'm gonna have to look that one up too. <laughs> I see. Here's here's what's funny. I understand relegation. Mm. Okay, oh, explain that the one. The loan thing I didn't understand. So um, <laughs> uh, I kind I kind of get it. It's kind of like like you said, like farming someone out. Right. So that 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 helps me better understand when when the relegation talk comes. We'll have to do a like a deep dive on. Okay. On all of that. So, okay. um, all right. So we we know that Jamie's contract or his loan is, is up for discussion. And, of course, Rebecca's eyes are glowing at this because, like, 
you mean I could fucking ship the star player of this team back to his original franchise and sink this ship for good? Mm-hmm. Like, she's so happy about it. Right. Um, that, that, like, and Ted's so distraught, like, he can't see it. I feel like if he was thinking clearly, he would be like, why are you smiling? <laughs> Right? Yeah. There were some signs that, uh, some signals that I feel like Ted should have kind of picked up. Um, but, it, you know, he's lost in his his world of, like, my life fell apart. So, yeah, fair enough. Um, and, Understandable. And then he, you know, the, the yelling at Jamie in the locker room is... This show does not have a ton of like truly tense scenes, but mm-hmm. like that's one that I don't know if you've know if you noticed, but even um, the camera angle shifts. Like, it does. Yes, it starts tilting. Yes, like uh, and uh, like it goes from like straightforward to like a little tilt. To like when he's like full on yelling at him, it, it's it's called the Dutch tilt, um, and you saw it if you ever watched the Batman sixty six show with Adam West. Mm. All of the villains were shot with a Dutch tilt oh, because they're crooked, um, and and so Batman was always shot from head like straight forward, uh, mm. like everything was on a plane, and then the villains they always shot with the camera crooked. And so it, it's like full on Dutch tilt. Like it is, it's so off putting. Like, and it's, I feel like it's such a brilliant way to do that because, like, it's already tense and upsetting to begin with. Mm-hmm. But, like, when you switch ca- camera angles like that, your mind doesn't always immediately register that. But, like, subconsciously you're like fuck something is wrong and like it it puts you on edge so i i just i love that yeah no i agree i think that was a great touch and i definitely noticed it on on re-watching the episode but i don't recall if i noticed that the first time through i don't think that i did i I tell you i didn't yeah other than being like there's something about this scene. Like, this is really intense. <laughs> but I feel like I was more focused on the two of them and not necessarily yeah. on their angle. But I definitely noticed it when I rewatched the episode. Yeah, it's such a brilliant move that, like, I don't know, I feel like doesn't get enough. And it's so it's such a simple thing to do. And it just doesn't get enough credit. Um, it. it I mean, it works the same way like tense music does, mm-hmm. like, you know, in a horror movie or something, whereas you pull out the music, sometimes it's just, it seems kind of goofy, you know, or <laughs> you just don't get as, like, wound up, but like the, like the violin, like screeching or whatever, like really gets your skin crawling. And mm-hmm. so visually, it's the same concept. But it's such an old school kind of thing that you don't you don't look for it anymore. You know, these days it would be like really fast cuts or something or like super close up or mm-hmm. like just or would they would just do something completely physical. Um, it, it's such a anyway, it, it, it was a brilliant move. Um, I didn't even look to see who directed this episode. 
but it's such a great call. Um, so uh, he he tells Jamie to put the put the cones out, and of course Jamie tries to push <laughs> it off on somebody else, and uh, we get them kind of like Jamie's boys kind of just being like, "Nah, bro," like you know, your second team now. So, uh, and we get our, uh, we get our sweet, lovable Nate, um, very much enjoying Jamie being put in his, his place. <laughs> I love that. He's like, oh, I shouldn't be laughing. <laughs> so funny. Um, so, uh, then we have the introduction of a, a character who will be, who's been mentioned well he's definitely mentioned at the top of the episode but i don't know i'm struggling i feel like there was a, a mention of somebody not by name in an earlier episode but i could just be forcing that into my memory um but one of i, I mean i'm not going to speak for you one of my absolute favorite characters and it's fucking mind-blowing he doesn't even show up until the sixth episode of the season <laughs> like danny rojas is i i don't know like top tier tv character like if i had to fill out a top well maybe not a top 20 but i i don't know he might be on there like <laughs> he's just so infectious that's a good way to put it. Yeah, his character is very infectious. Uh, we we have mentioned him before, um, very briefly, but yes, he's he's very joyous and very just so the opposite of Jamie. He is just so happy to be there, and as uh, as we get to see, he's every bit as good as Jamie, and he's he couldn't be more thrilled to be playing in the Premier League yeah. for Richmond. The um so the yelling uh, in the locker room with Ted like Roy kind of gets a little dig in at Jamie mm. which is fun mm-hmm. oh yes <laughs> but the Danny dig is <laughs> one of the best and it's really just like all he's like oh, he looks very good <laughs> <laughs> cheers <laughs> um oh i and- love roy so uh, I, I'm curious. Do you know? So the guy, the guy that plays Danny, uh, is Cristo Fernandez. Mm-hmm. Do you know what his connection to the Marvel Cinematic Universe is? Oh heavens, no, I don't. Should I? <laughs> I mean, maybe he only has one scene. But like I, when I saw Spider-Man: No Way Home in theaters. I guess spoilers for that movie. There's a post-credit scene. Have you seen No Way Home? Yes, I have. Uh, I have seen it. I only very recently learned from listening to your podcast that there's two versions. So I, I think I saw yes. the original version. Yeah, I I think you can only see the quote more fun edition. I don't even know if you can see it with the scenes added, but I think they're on the Blu-ray. I don't think you, I'm pretty sure it's not on Disney plus. Um, but the post credit scene that features Tom Holland mm-hmm. as Venom, mm-hmm. he's the, he's the bartender. Really? Yes. 
That's hilarious. Also, I, I was sitting in the theater going, oh, my God, it's Danny Rojas. <laughs> and See, nobody knew what I was talking about. I saw No Way Home before I watched Ted Lasso. <laughs> also, did you know he's a real football player and he's from Guadalajara? I did know that. So. I was like, holy shit. I'm sorry. I just I'm looking at his Wikipedia page. I don't know if Wikipedia is helping me out a lot tonight, but. I, how many? I mean, I'm curious how I've been wondering how many of the actors actually play football and how much of the scenes are cutaways versus some of them maybe doing a little bit of some of the stuff. So, yeah. um, so yeah, uh, Danny Rojas, I, I want to talk about the cutaway thing. So, okay. Danny Rojas gets introduced. Um, it's so much fun. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Jamie's just like, ah, he's, you know, not going to be any good. He goes out there. He's fucking awesome. Scores a goal. Him and Sam celebrating. So good. Like, first thing he does is say, is congratulate Sam. Like, he scored the goal. And he's like, Sam, you're so awesome. And um, it's just so great. And then uh, cut to, like, uh, training's over and Jamie's having to pick up cones and he's pissy about it. And he starts like just dumping balls out and like taking shots at the goal to like peg them off the goalposts. Um, and Danny joins him and there's this whole, you know, in, in vulgar terms, dick measuring contest yeah. <laughs> between the <laughs> two of them. Although Danny's just like, I love this. And Jamie is, is just trying to show him up. Uh, 100% the the cutaways though like Mm -hmm. I I, and I know you can't do it because I know the idea is that that's a fucking difficult shot to make you know to intentionally make you accidentally do it god knows how many times but in an open goal like to intentionally bounce it off the top of the goal post impossible so well not impossible but, but it is very well, difficult yeah. yes <laughs> uh, they do it multiple times every time it's a cutaway mm-hmm. it just i think the more i watch the episode the more noticeable that is to me and it i understand why but like it's just it it's, sucks <laughs> like i wish that it was I, more real but it is what it is. I know. And it, I mean, it's, it's, it's TV. And I, I very rarely specifically look for these types of filmmaking details, but in, in these, in this case, I, I am very curious and because I'm curious and because I know the sport, it, I do find it very, very distracting when there's either a noticeable cutaway or when the, they're only showing a foot or knees down of mm-hmm. players for obvious reasons because the actors aren't actually playing um but then sometimes it's like i don't know if it's just real they have really great body doubles or what but there are sometimes when it looks like they're legit playing yeah those wide shots are, yeah yeah especially as we get get into the season and we'll see more and more of the games yeah yeah those wide shots are pretty incredible um and I, I feel like this show does not have the budget for facial replacement on mm-hmm. on so to get body doubles that look close enough 
would be I feel like it'd be very difficult for a lot of the the actors um, because they would have to know how to play soccer or football. Um, well, we know Danny does, although yeah. his career was apparently ended because of a knee injury. Yeah, that's that's I, I don't know. It's sad, but like it, it's okay, I guess, for us because we get Danny Rojas. <laughs> so, I, I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but I I feel like part of it is also. And maybe this is why we didn't get a lot of the like game footage early on. As they go along with filming, the actors are getting better and better and better and better and better to the point where they can actually just do it themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it's because it, I mean it's all fake anyway, so it it's like choreographing a fight scene. Like once you get to a point where you can do all of that. You know, unless it's literally in danger of hurting yourself, you don't need a stand-in. So I wonder if that's why we didn't get hardly any of the football in the first five episodes. Yeah, I mean it's possible. Uh, I, I know. I it, it's just it's it's just something that I that I wonder, like how much of it is fancy editing versus how much of it is just good casting you know i i I don't i don't i'm going out on a limb that most of these actors are not really actually soccer players yeah um i was actually shocked that uh, people might be but you like the the ones the players we never that never talk (laughs) right that's true yeah like they they probably purposely cast people that it can at least passably play soccer, you know, I, if they're actors like I, you know, that like that's their like talent or whatever. You can be ca- like you can be cast as like a background character based on like your talent for something, which is something I learned from the Office Ladies podcast. Um, but yeah, it, it happened in it happened in the office. It happened in Bill Lawrence's other show, Scrubs. Um, mm. Almost all of those background actors eventually got some kind of like on-screen character name with lines of dialogue because sure. they they were so good at being like the background actors. Um, one of them, uh, not to go off on another side tangent, but I, I can't remember the guy's name. Um, the lead actor from Heroes who played Hero. Oh, oh God. Yes. This is gonna drive me bonkers because as soon as I like blanked on his name, my it's Masi Oka yes. or something like that. Okay, um, he was a he was basically a background on Scrubs, and then he had like one or two speaking parts, and then he did some other stuff, and then he was in Heroes. So um, did not realize he was on Scrubs, but yes, Masi Oka. Yeah. Uh, I love that dude. I do too. He's great. Uh, yeah, he, I haven't seen him in anything forever. Um, anyway, um, so I, in in this show, like some of the people we thought were background by season two, like are pretty main characters. Yes. Um, Isaac McAdoo like becomes a huge focus by season two. I don't think that's spoilery. Um, so we get. Uh, Moving on with the plot, we get the new Rebecca, old Rebecca thing. Mm-hmm. It's just, 
man, what a rough way to the, the fucking the British press. Man. Of course, I guess the American tabloids aren't much better, but man, like to be in the paper being called old Rebecca, that is some shit. Oh, um, I know. But how much do you love this Keely Rebecca scene? It's like their friendship is so great and becomes such a and it feels so organic to the show. Yes. Oh, um, which a, a lot of it does, which is total credit to the writing. Um, so uh, speaking of Keeley, we get more of the blossoming Roy Keeley thing. Mm-hmm. But walking on the so he's walking on the treadmill and reading his book. I know. I love that the the book came back. <laughs> and he's almost finished with it. Like, if you look, like, he's got, like, maybe, like, 50 or 60 pages left. So, like, he's in this book, man. Yeah. So, are, although, are we thinking this is still his first time through? I don't know. For whatever reason, ooh. I was thinking this was, like, round two or three. Oh, that's even better. I didn't I didn't think about that. It just, it just looked, it looked, like, more worn. Like. Yeah. He'd he'd read it a few a few times because I feel like when he was reading it with his niece, they were almost at the end of the book at that time. Yeah, and maybe right. that's just maybe and maybe that's just the actor not like paying attention to like how far he is in a book and how much he could realistically have read to his niece <laughs> in, in the space of bedtime. But I don't know for whatever I reason. Li- I like your interpretation. Yeah, I got Where the impression like, that he, fuck, he got I am the little time. girl in the book. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> because yeah, because he's like, hold on, are you saying I'm a little girl? And Ted's like, yes. And he's like, okay, hold up. Now, now I've got to now I've got to figure this out. I got to do a deep dive. Especially after he, like you know he, he's 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 kind of coming around to Ted. He's opening up to Ted. He's he's kind of believing in in Ted. You know, as yeah. people do. You kind of just can't help yourself. Um, yeah, I, I, I love your, I love that interpretation. So that, that's now my head canon. Yes. Like that's the way it is. <laughs> um, so now the big thing in the episode, which spurred on the 20 minutes of us talking about ghosts and mm. curses, mm-hmm. Danny, who was hurt, which is why we haven't seen him, comes out, go, goes on the pitch, kicks ass, and is running around screaming his name. Like, <laughs> Like you do. Most most people that say their own name, you want to punch him in the throat. Like, but this dude, this dude, Danny Rojas, Rojas. Like, <laughs> it's so. Even Ted at the beginning of the episode, we're like, "What's his name?" Danny Rojas. He's like, "Oh, that's a good name." <laughs> it's a good name. Is uh, mysteriously tripped up on the pitch and hurt somehow. Like it. They're icing his knee, but also the way he's like screaming, it feels like a hamstring or something. Like, <laughs> it's a little confusing, yes. <laughs> and like the level of pain he's exhibiting, and the fact that, like, I mean, spoilers for five minutes from now, but the fact that he actually is okay by the end of the episode makes me think that I love Danny Rojas, but like he might be a little dramatic. <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> like, Just, yeah. All of that joy and happiness and everything also comes out when he's hurt and he's super dramatic about it. 
like every other male footballer on the face uh, of this earth. Uh, yeah, you would know. <laughs> like My I don't, God. I don't really watch. I well, I I have seen videos of like them taking down basketball players do it too, right? Like they get yes. bumped and they act like they're like like just got murdered on the court. <laughs> Like, uh, I know it drives me bonkers. Drawing the foul is what it's called. <laughs> I hate it. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I men are terrible at it. It's uh, about it. It's permeated slightly into American football, and when yeah. I see it, it drives me nuts. No mm-hmm. matter if it's my team or not, like don't sell the foul. Like just go out there and play the game. Um, like if they fouled you and the ref didn't see it, then I, I mean, they didn't see it, man. They're not going to see everything. So, um, Ugh, yes, yeah, so bonkers. Danny's hurt and we find out something that we knew actually from the beginning of the series, <laughs> yes. the, uh, equipment room. No, not the equipment room. The treatment, treatment room is haunted. So they say are cursed. Mm-hmm. And maybe the, both. Yeah. the best exchange in the episode is everybody except Ted and Beard know what they're talking about. And Ted is like, he's so at the end of the, his rope. He's just like, if somebody else says something that I don't understand, <laughs> I'm going to have a hissy fit. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes. And I love that he like goes into it, like names that his his son would call him. I was like, this is very on brand for someone with young children. Yes. Um, but the best moment in all of that exchange, I think, for me, is when uh, like Sam's like, well, grown men don't want to admit to like believing in ghosts or curses or <laughs> mumbo jumbo. And Ted's like, uh, uh, okay, well, uh, and Roy's like, I don't believe it. He's like, okay, well, we're going to go in there. And Roy's like, no. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I love Roy. <laughs> uh, it's just such a good example. Ted's like, why not? He's like, because uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it just cracks me up. I, lo- I love, I loved Roy in this episode. I don't feel like he had like a whole ton, but just nope. killed me. Absolutely he, killed me. He is, he is the scene stealer in the episode. Like, and I mean, credit to uh, Brett Goldstein, like, because Danny comes in and is such a like ray of sunshine mm-hmm. and we've gotten not a ton of Roy, but we've gotten enough of Roy that like you, you still want to see a lot of him. But being able to just step aside and being the guy that just literally walks into a scene to say, I mean, two words mm-hmm. and then just walk out, you know, I mean, it's it's such a perfect thing. And, and you know, to set your ego aside, be like, fuck the screen time. I get the moment, you know, <laughs> because uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that also but he's a writer so yeah you gotta you gotta think that at, at certain points he is gonna have to essentially take a back seat in episodes because he's got to be in the writer's room yeah uh that dude uh, him and uh probably i don't know if well I, I know you don't have a ton of time to watch anything um <laughs> but there's a show called abbott elementary that's on right now that just won- oh. also won a bunch of emmys 
I've, I've heard about it, and I actually just listened to the interview that Brett did with um, Quinta. Brinson. Oh, Quinta. Yes, thank you. Her. So yeah, I was I was going to bring that up. So he on his podcast he talks to Quinta Brunson about Abbott Elementary back in season one, or maybe it was after the Emmys because I, I think she talks about either being Emmy nominated or winning Emmys. Um, yeah, she is a writer, actor, producer. She is involved in almost every fucking step of that show, I and know. she's also the star of the show. Oh. And to be able to do something like that is insane. Um, I cannot imagine his schedule, let alone hers. Well, yeah, she basically admitted that she doesn't sleep. <laughs> <laughs> and that she had to, like, force herself to kind of, like, take take a, take a break for a minute. Um, but, yeah. No, I, I really enjoyed that one because that was really interesting to me. While I have not seen that show... I have been getting more and more interested about just like the behind the scenes and how, especially from the office, because we both love the office and so many of the actors are also writers and producers on the show. And so it is just so fascinating to me to hear all of that, like behind the scenes and like how it actually worked, you know? And so like, I love, I loved that interview because she kind of like really went into what that meant for her and how she made it work. And it just, it was really fascinating to me. Yeah. I mean, it gets easy. Uh, the office is a good example because it gets easy to dismiss. Uh, well, current Velma animated series aside, it gets easy to dismiss Mindy Kaling or mm. BJ Novak as those annoying side characters from the office. Meanwhile, they're both brilliant fucking writers oh my gosh yes they are they're just brilliant in general but but i mean paul lieberstein too he was also yeah. he's also a writer and then he became a showrunner at some point i'm like yeah how do you have time for life <laughs> <laughs> um so uh ted comes up with this plan to break the curse uh and we find out what i assume is true info about why the why they believe the room they all believe it's cursed. They don't know mm-hmm. why they believe it's cursed. Um, <laughs> so in 1914, during World War I, uh, all these flyers were put up saying, hey, are you a fast fit fan of football? The great alliteration. Um, <laughs> come here and try out. And really, it was just a ploy to get young kids in, convince them to sign up, send them off to war. Uh, I mean... Do the history. A lot of people died. Most of them didn't come back. Therefore, the room is cursed. Um, My question was almost what is, to start the episode, was what is your favorite Martin Scorsese movie? But I was, (laughs) yeah, I was, I was like, I do not want to ask that. And you just be like, yeah, I don't watch Martin Scorsese movies. Like, that will not be a fun question. I not gonna lie, I've probably seen a fair amount of his movies, but if you I very rarely know who directs the damn films. Look, I'm not gonna lie to you, but like I knew almost all of the films that they mentioned uh, agreed with their their sentiment on the departed. Love Goodfellas. Didn't know he directed The Wolf of Wall Street. I find that movie to be horrifyingly fascinating. Um, Shutter Island actually really liked the book. Shutter Island is my probably my favorite Scorsese movie. I, I will not argue that it's the best, but it is probably my favorite. The 
book is phenomenal. So I don't if they were I don't know how true they were to the book, but that one sort of like I kind of guessed it, but at the same time it still kind of blew my mind like all the yeah. details. I was like, "Holy fuck." Anyways. Um my Ooh, my casino. favorite That's a good one too. Yeah, Casino is good. Scorsese's done a lot of great movies, which makes the argument even more fun. But the best part of the argument is Isaac saying Age of Innocence. Because <laughs> I guarantee you, fucking very few people who love Scorsese would say that The Age of Innocence is the greatest Scorsese movie. Because it's so unlike anything Martin Scorsese ever directed. Most people would just be like, yeah, I don't watch that one. <laughs> I don't it's even like know a what... period drama. <laughs> I was say, I've never even heard of that, for one. Um, also hadn't heard Mean Streets for the record. Um, it's an early, early Scorsese. It is, uh, it is older than me, I will say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, probably why I don't know it. Um, not that that, you know, limits things. I watch some older movies. One of my favorite movies of all time is As Old As I Am, in fact. So here's the, the IMDb rundown of Age of Innocence, which has a phenomenal cast, but... This does not sound like a Martin Scorsese movie. A tale of 19th century New York high society <laughs> in which a young lawyer falls in love with a woman separated from her husband while he's engaged to the woman's cousin. It, it's a now Gangs of New York, which is also Scorsese, Ooh. sounds yes. like a Scorsese movie because it's yes. Gangs of New York. Age of Innocence and that plot does not sound like anything else that Martin Scorsese ever directed. <laughs> uh, no, I agree. And I was off by a year, but anyways. But so Isaac saying Age of Innocence just <laughs> fucking floors me every time. Um, so they come up with this plan to bring something valuable to them personally, sacrifice it into a fire. That's going to break the curse. And uh, that's what they do. Uh, Jamie does not want to participate as he tells Keely, um, yeah. we won't get into the Pavlovian thing, but it's a fun exchange. <laughs> oh, God, um. <laughs> I love that. I just love, because, look, I'm just I'm just going to take a side tangent for just a second on the Keely character. Because the way that they start, like, paint her in the very beginning is that she is a little bit more, like, vapid. Because she's a, she's a model, She's she only dates 23-year-old footballers. But then as you get to live with the character more, I mean, she uses big words. She's clearly extremely intelligent. And I just... I love that she like just throws out Pavlovian response and looks at him like he's the idiot for not understanding like what yeah. that meant. Like I think half of Americans wouldn't understand what that <laughs> meant, sadly. <laughs> but anyway. um, I, I completely agree with you. Like the just the the turnaround on her on her character, like it, it's such a like we here most of the time writers will just play into the the trope or the the typecast or, or the yes. just whatever of it all. And she would just be that vapid girl who, you know, a woman who, you know, I don't know how to put it where it doesn't sound like I'm like shaming or anything, but uh, you know, who, you know, sleeps with footballers. So, yeah. you know, that's what she likes to do. So no shame, but I mean, she just, even talks yeah. about it herself. But instead, it's like, well, no, that, yeah, I like to do that. But also, like, I read books, and which becomes a thing in season two. But, like, that's a fun episode. Um, <laughs> uh, 
Okay. Yeah, I, I love how smart she is, you know, and taking up this mantle of like researching the players. Uh, it's it's a lot of fun how they develop her character. Um, yeah, it's Pavlovian. <laughs> like you know, she's walking away. It's uh, Jamie, man, <laughs> such an idiot. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he's, he tries, but he's just not that smart. <laughs> But he he shows up, though, like he actually shows up and gives this like fucking heart wrenching story about the cleats, man. And it's really our first glimpse at like the Jamie you want him to be and not the Jamie he is. Yes, exactly. Yes. No, I I love that speech. It it gave us more insight into Jamie and it also showed that even Ted's getting to him. Yeah. And I love that. So what was your favorite? I mean, there's a lot we don't even get speeches for. We just see stuff dumped into the, the, uh, <laughs> the yeah, t- I have a the lot of tub. questions on some of those, but yes. Um, I, I don't, I, my favorite has got to be the, the sand on the beach. Like, <laughs> that it's, it's just so goofy and stupid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that's true. But I think I honestly I think Nate's just because, <laughs> because <laughs> it it does give you more insight into Nate, which is both sad and endearing at the same time. And he's just he's like, I don't think I can do it. Like I can't oh, I, I can't do it. <laughs> they make me look she told me I look like Clive Owen in these glasses. Like it is such like, dude, you're like a foot shorter than Clive Owen. Mm-hmm. Like the the skin complexion isn't even close. <laughs> like, no, but yeah, I'm just maybe can... the dark hair and the nose. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I know. I I yeah, but but you can kind of see like. It's just, it's just such an insight into his character. And we yeah. get more on this in the coming episodes of just he just does not feel seen ever. I mean, it, we, we see that like, I mean, he's the kit man. He's he's always like ragged on. He's always in the background. He's always the afterthought. And so, like, I just I felt like it was very poignant to make his character be like, oh, someone told me I looked like a famous actor. So, you know, it like made him feel seen. So I just, yeah. I, li- I liked that touch. Um, So Ted's plan works. Everybody contributes. Even Rebecca shows up and contributes. Um, they, <laughs> they have to take the band outside to set it on fire. <laughs> Maybe be- take that outside. <laughs> beard, man. He is the best. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We should do that outside. The um, look at his face is priceless. Sorry, I just I set off the sprinkler system in the whole complex. Oh. That would have been fantastic. Um, so they go outside, set the fire, and unbeknownst to us and the team, uh, they found out that Danny was fine hours ago. Danny comes out after some like big display by Ted of like, oh yeah, you know, praying to the spirits to to give them. <laughs> you know, release or whatever, and they all crack up in a bottle and, I mean, have a drink as a team united uh, for the first time in the history of the show so far. 
Yeah. Um, it is an incredible moment. And in any other fucking show, that would be where you ended the episode. Right. And this is not that show. No. <laughs> um, Rebecca clearly was not happy that the team is united here. Uh, and we oh. don't know how instrumental she was in getting Jamie transferred back, but the emphasis on it is is definitely clear that she she goes ahead and makes sure that Jamie is gone off the team. Uh, 100%. And the other thing I love about this scene is we do get a little bit with Higgins, Rebecca, mm-hmm. and Ted. And you see kind of that Higgins has chosen his side. Yeah. And I really love that detail because that's the beginning of much more. But yeah, I uh, I love that he has decided to uh, officially side with Ted. Yeah. Um, that pisses her the hell off. I mm-hmm. mean, she the look on her face and then she walks away and flings the off the she, jacket. It's such a beautiful shot, man. Oh, it's so good. The way it's framed. Oh, yeah. so good. Like it, it is, uh, you know, it is the perfectly framed shot. It's yeah, it, it's the second time in the episode you get a brilliant fucking shot that illustrates you don't need words like it. it you've, you're seeing it visually. It's so mm-hmm. good. Um, and oh, okay. like we don't in, we don't even end there. Like Mm-mm. I said, she, she goes ahead with the transfer back to Man City. And Ted comes in like it's like that those commercials you see where somebody's like having the best day and like walking down the street and like dancing and everything's just going their way. And then he comes in and Beard gives him the news and he immediately storms up to Rebecca's office, loses his shit on her, rightfully so. Oh, yeah. And hands her her biscuits and says, I cracked it. It's the best batch ever, which is the most polite fuck you in the history of television. <laughs> and so on brand for Ted Lasso. So on brand. But like, did had he yet admitted to Rebecca that he was making the biscuits? No. Yeah, I love the look on her face because I 100% believe that plays into the next episode. So it, we we get the most it's a heartbreaking ending but like it's so fucking perfect of beard and ted like just crestfallen in the office mm. and danny sticking his head in and mm-hmm. just saying coach football is life and like we've heard that so many times in this episode already in such a celebratory manner for him to say it with that melancholy and kind of reverse the meaning of it like football is life like i live to play football but also life is fucking like football Mm -hmm. sometimes you win and it's awesome and sometimes you lose and it fucking sucks man (laughs) Mm -hmm. i know i it's it's a very like versatile phrase in this series especially in the way 
that it it tends to be delivered, you know, and we, we've we've sort of slightly discussed this, and I won't say any spoilers, but we really get that in the premiere of season two. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it's such a a down. I mean, props to them, man. Like I said, any other show would end on that high note because that's yep. where you want to leave the audience, and and you would open with the sad moment for the next episode. But no, like you're going to end on the sad note and just take all that happiness and crush it. I mean, it's so heartbreaking, man. Um, it really is. So uh, before we talk about like any kind of because there's a few things future spoilery that I do want to kind of bring up. But favorite oh, there's jo- a lot. Yeah. <laughs> favorite joke in the episode. Um, <laughs> the only one that I happened to write down that we have not yet talked about was, um, when Rebecca makes fun of Keely's journal and she says, fuck <laughs> off, it's adorable. Um, I, I'm, I asked you about favorite item in the fire. I said the sand, but also Isaac's fucking Tweety pen is <laughs> really, is the only pen I could write my name with. Like, What? <laughs> That doesn't right. even make any sense, man. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it's not like a giant pencil and you have like uh, some kind of uh, like, I don't know, uh, like you had a stroke or something. <laughs> um, but uh, the the way Jamie went at the fire, the way Jamie says Danny's last name, he says Rojas and not yes. Rojas yes. is really funny. Um, but my favorite thing in the episode is because there's that whole word, like the word becomes the sound thing that oh. kind of runs through the episode. Yes. Um, which is, it's cute. Uh, and it just kind of like informs Ted's mental breakdown. But when him and Beard are sitting in the stand and talking about the two aces <laughs> and they just keep saying it and the scene ends, it's such a perfect button. He says, if uh, I cloned the guitarist from Kiss, I would have two. And Beard just says Freelies, and like I, I don't know why. It just makes me laugh. Like it, it's clearly such a like vaudevillian type of like old school stupid joke, <laughs> <laughs> but it just it's a dad joke, and it yeah. makes me chuckle. <laughs> um, so uh. So spoilers for future episodes. So if you're just watching along with us and you haven't watched further, don't maybe don't listen to this part. Um, But so the two big things I want to bring up is like, this is really our first glimpse into like evil Nate. A little bit. A little bit. You, You get touches of it. Yeah. Because, I mean, he is so happy that Jamie's ass is getting chapped. Like, Um, so happy. (laughs) Yes, I know. I alluded to that earlier. Yeah, but "Ah, I shouldn't be laughing at that. It it did crack me up. But, I mean, yeah, we do get, he's uh, a little vindictive at times. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and, I mean, so, I'm maybe a little too personal here, but as somebody who, like, has been bullied, and also mm-hmm. has been put in a position of like being in charge of people who were dicks. And mm-hmm. then 
you wind up becoming a bully yourself. Mm. Like it's such an easy thing to fall into because you've experienced it and you're like, yeah, fuck these guys. Now I'm in charge. So mm. like, I'm going to give as good as I got and it doesn't make it necessarily right. You know, it doesn't uh, make it better. It just perpetuates yeah. a bad culture situation. Yeah. Um, the other thing is I get that I wanted to ask you, do you think the Sam and Rebecca thing Holy was just shit. completely fabricated from this episode? They were like, they kind of have a chemistry because this is one of the only scenes that they share together before season two. Right. And it's straight up. She thinks he's asking her out. <laughs> I 100% forgot about this scene. And as soon as I saw it again, I was like, oh, my God, this is like the biggest foreshadowing ever. And I'm like, but wait, was it really foreshadowing? Or is this like you said, is this what caused it? So I don't know. This is like a chicken and an egg kind of thing. But definitely either it caused that. They're like, oh, that would be fun to play with. You know what I mean? Or... They had it planned all along, and I'm not sure which because I I have a lot of faith in these writers. I think they're incredibly brilliant, and I fully believe that they could have planted these seeds knowing where they were going at this point. Um, but yeah, or I mean, or they could have, I mean, noticed the, this scene, and this yeah. is what spawned it. I don't know, it's, but 100, I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> it's clear. Like even like looking back on it, it is clear. And it's easy to say that's informed by what we know in season two, but like, it's still there. Like they, those two actors clearly had some kind of chemistry, like in that scene. And it's not about anything, but like, there's just such emotion between the two of them. Um, Mm -hmm. They're both fucking incredible. And it's such a, a good, nothing throwaway scene that one way or the other either foreshadows or actually plants a seed in the minds of the writers to be like, hey, what happens if we put these two characters together? So. Oh, I know. Oh, my gosh. I know. I saw that scene. I'm like, I mean, seriously, jaw on the floor. I was like, if this is not foreshadowing, then it (laughs) definitely, like you said, it definitely, like, spawned what, what, (laughs) what is to come later. Um, was there any that you like that really stood out to you? Um, let's see. Um, I mean, I, I just, I mean, I love Keely in this episode and I, I don't know that it's necessarily like a lot of foreshadowing other than, I mean, the stuff with her and Roy, which we kind of have already talked about, um, that you, and I, we didn't really talk about this scene, but I loved the scene in the parking lot especially because there's a little bit of a voiceover I want to say from Ted where he says like you you meet in like unlikely places or something like yeah. that and then oh or was that a no I'm confusing episodes was that in this episode or was that in last week's episode? oh where he scares her in the parking lot that's in yeah. the last episode okay I'm, did we talk I don't think we talked about that did we, talk uh, about we that? brought it up but we didn't get too in depth about it okay I don't know why I can I don't know why I confuse that as being in this episode. I think I rewatched part of 
I think I rewatched part of the other episode before I watched this episode. Anyways, so that one that one stood out in my mind. And then, of course, like, I mean, they have some really cute scenes in this episode, which we did talk. We talked about the treadmill scene. Do they have another big scene? I thought they had um, another scene. No, he has his scenes with Jamie and his scenes with Keely are really it. all we get of Roy in this episode. Okay, so I was thinking of that scene from the last episode. Okay, but anyway, I, I do really love that scene. I thought that was a cute scene. Um, and that definitely foreshadows things to come. 100%. Yeah. Um, Higgins. We talked about yeah. that a little bit. But I loved like him. Growing a backbone. I know. And he sides with Ted. And they start to form a little bit of a romance, kind of. I mean, I think that's kind of a good way to describe their relationship at points. Um, but they, he, you can definitely see him siding with, with the team. And I, I just, I loved the them sing, all singing the song. So that was cool. Oh, yeah, Richmond Till We Die. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's such a, a great, yeah. It's funny the things that become, like, prevalent in the show that get introduced so late. Like Danny, uh, the Richmond Till We Die chant. Like, yeah. that's the first time we've heard it. Um, the last episode, the uh, Jamie Tart, do, 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 like that's the, and I, I don't think we've heard the Roy Kent yet, have we? No, not yet. Yeah. It's coming. It's coming yeah. very soon. Um, but then like it's just it becomes this like earworm where it's just like stuck in your head. Um, you know that the Danny like. Danny Rojas like will just run through my head like football is life Danny Rojas 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 <laughs> I just you know it's like how insane. do they come up with this shit like I love it it's so great I, the Roy Kent chant I think is probably one of my favorites is yeah. that still in season one or does that happen in season two and uh it's in season one because uh I think, yeah it has season to be. two he's not uh yeah what yeah, yeah, he's. Uh, do we start season two with him not playing? I believe so. Yeah, well, I don't know. No, um, I can't remember the timing and what episode is really <laughs> season two. Because there, I mean, now that you've reminded me, season two, wow, has a heck of an opening. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is such a, a, it's such a great episode and such a good, like just proof of concept of like yeah i mean i I know that like first seasons are all about introductions anyway but when you're dealing with 10 episode seasons generally you get so much in the first like two three episodes that like they spend the rest of season one just fleshing all of that out and then we're Mm -hmm. six episodes in we got a whole brand new character Mm -hmm. we've got like just so much other things going on and it's all centered around like uh, tackling sports curses of all things you know (laughs) like (laughs) something that a regular sitcom would tackle but in the most basic simplistic stupid way uh, without all of the other drama around it. Um, it, it it's so brilliant. Um, it, this episode's so good. If, for nothing else, Danny, man, that that guy. I love, love that character. And he gets so many great moments that it's just weird to think he wasn't there from the beginning. Um, 
I mean, but in like two episodes, we forget that he wasn't there from the beginning. Yeah. That's the thing. Which is so crazy, but also just a testament to the writing. It's like as we're going back and rewatching and discussing, we're like, oh, okay, actually, we haven't been introduced to this concept yeah. or this character that by the time you get to the end of season two, you feel like has been there the whole time. Yeah. But you realize that some of that hasn't even hasn't even been introduced yet. There's still a major, relatively major character that we haven't met and we will meet very soon. Yeah. Um, such a fantastic show. So excited for season three and where the hell it's going to go. Oh my um, gosh. I know. Oh, uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, that's, I'm good. I know we've gone long, like three weeks in a row. I feel really bad. <laughs> hey, but, it's I mean, okay. This yeah. is more for us, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm, absolutely. So, um, go check out everything else we're doing over at xwingfiles.com, which right now isn't much. Everybody seems to be uh, busy these days. I'm doing this, and I'm doing my Nerd and Everything show with my buddy Adam, uh, which we're going to be talking about Ant-Man tomorrow. So, uh, if you saw Ant-Man, maybe go Wait, listen to us. One? Yes. It's out? Yeah, we just, already talked about this. <laughs> you, Damn it. you you have you have children, a husband, yes. full-time job and starting a business. It's, and I again <laughs> forgot that that movie came out this week. Don't beat yourself up. Damn it. Okay. Um I mean you're not you're probably not going to get to see it for like 3 months anyway. Um No, I'm not going <laughs> to lie. I'm I'm I've been I've been watching She-Hulk and catching up on your Marvel podcast. She-Hulk is so fun. It's that, so fun. It's fun. I'm not going to lie. It is still my least favorite of the Marvels. I, it, it's inconsequential is the yes. thing. Like it, ultimately sure. it doesn't matter. Yeah, and I'm also not sure that I just that I love the tone of it like I don't hate it and I appreciate what they're doing and like the narrative and the points that they're trying to make I just feel like they're really beating us over the head with some of it which I don't like I like it when they do that stuff to be more subtle so it's more in the vein of like in in game when all of the female characters are on screen at once and it's like yeah we get it man (laughs) like (laughs) yes Yes, I prefer things to be a little bit more subtle. That being said, I appreciate what they're trying to do and I love that they're doing it. I'm not like, I I mean, I like it. I am enjoying Tatiana Mazzani because I think she's an incredible actress. Yeah, I think I get blindsided by her. Like, I don't see anything else. A lot of people do, to be fair. I don't know what you're talking about. Bad. It's got Tatiana Maslany in it. It's not bad. <laughs> like, and this show is perfect. So. <laughs> um, which may come across in your podcast. Does Just... it really? I'm not subtle about that at all. Oh, no. yeah. So subtle. Um, had no clue, Logan. No clue. I, I, I try to at least be respectful about it. No, you are. No, you are. I, I actually am really enjoying the podcast. Um, Thank it's, you. it's interesting to like get y'all's perspective because I have like literally no Marvel background either. Although your co-hosts make me feel old. They're very young. Like they're like I'm a little bit younger than you, but I'm not like 
decades younger than you. Yeah, like they're both you, decades younger than me. <laughs> when you had to explain to them that the Blair Witch Project started the found footage phase, I was mm-hmm. like, how does no one know this? <laughs> like, that movie scared the shit out of me because I fucking thought it was real. Me too. <laughs> I was 14. <laughs> Anyways, I think. Or 13. I don't know. I was young. They're like, yeah, I think I've heard of it. I'm like, what are you talking about? That movie <laughs> made so much fucking money. <laughs> to be fair, The Ring was also terrifying, but The Blair Witch Project was like the original. <laughs> yeah, I, I've forgotten about that. Yeah, I, I did feel extremely old in that moment. <laughs> they made me feel extremely old. <laughs> and I'm listening to it like five months later. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I think Tim is... In his they can't mid, be older than 25 Yeah I think mid 20s I think uh, Mina is a little bit Younger than Tim um, okay. yeah. I think she's like 23 Or something so Yeah yeah they're, okay. they're very very They're like you said literally Decades younger than me <laughs> I was like oh my god I feel so old <laughs> <laughs> Like they weren't born when that movie Came out <laughs> Which I found depressing Yeah Yes. Um, uh, but yeah, that's on Marvel Fanfare, which, uh, uh, I, I don't know. I, hopefully we'll have some new episodes here shortly, uh, as people watch other things. Although the Marvel stuff is getting spread out. I don't know if you've seen. What else is out now other than Ant-Man? Uh, nothing. We were supposed to get a bunch of stuff, but, you know, um, uh, so what's I'm actually- his name? Caught up almost. I need to finish She Hulk and watch Ant Man. Yeah. Caught up. Uh, we were supposed to get like f- four TV shows this year, and now they're saying we'll probably only get two. Oh. And the Marvels was supposed to come out in March, I think. It's yeah. been pushed to November. What? Yes. Jeez. Yeah. I was looking uh, forward to that one. Me too. Uh, and it's not. In any effort other than um, to spread everything out more. Because they feel like they're stepping on their own toes. They kind of, I mean, they kind of are, to be yeah. honest. But. I think more so with the shows than the movies. But Yes, um, I would say with the shows more than the movies, yeah. With, with the way, with the release window from movie theaters to streaming, I feel like the, it's hard to step on your toes with the movies because... Right now, it's not even, I don't think it's three months. So, we got mm-hmm. Black Panther in early November. Yeah, it's been a little and while. And it's streaming February 1st, I think. Okay. So, you know, and then now Ant-Man's out, so it'll hit streaming by the time Guardians comes out, which is the next movie now. Okay. So, that I am looking forward to that one, too. Both of me and my husband both wanted to see both of those movies, the Ant Man movie and uh, and the New Guardians movie. So, if you I mean, like Ant Man, I, I think love you'll Ant Man. I I think you'll be fine. I, I, if I if you pay Paul it, Rudd. exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, the reviews have not been kind. When uh, are they ever? Yeah, it, it, the biggest complaint has been that. It's just a CGI mishmash of everything. But, oh. like, the title is Ant-Man and Wasp in Quantumania. 
Um, right. They go to the quantum realm. It's in the trailer. Yeah. The whole fucking thing is CGI. I don't know what you expected. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, I mean, weird. Um, well, sure I loved. Bizarre, I loved it. I loved it. Um, I it, it's 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 a it, it is a mess of a movie, but it's I feel <laughs> like it's supposed to be a mess of a movie because it's just like strangers in a strange place like they don't know where they're at they don't know what they're doing they don't but paul rudd is paul rudd and he has such a beautiful relationship with his daughter that like i don't know it's just it's fun it's funny and we get a like full-on proper kang introduction that sets the stage for everything we're going to get in the future yeah he's he's not quite thanos but, like, it's a good fucking introduction. Like, this dude, nice. Jonathan Majors, man, he is good. I can't wait to see Creed 3. Ooh, is he, he plays Creed? He, well, he's playing the guy that uh, he fights. Because oh, Creed okay. is, uh, what's plays? his name? The, from, the bad guy from Black Panther, uh, Michael B. Oh, Jordan. yes. Okay. So, okay. um... I mean, it's him, Michael B. Jordan, Jonathan Majors, who's playing Kang, and uh, what's her name that plays Valkyrie in the Thor movies is Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, Tessa Thompson. (laughs) So I'm like, this movie just has Marvel. Have you not watched Westworld? We've talked about this. No, I still haven't watched any of it. It's on Tubi now, I think. It is. It is now on Tubi. Watch it. Watch it anyway. Haters will tell you that seasons three and four suck. They don't. I think the whole thing is fascinating. It would have been amazing had they gotten their season five and brought it to a full circle, but well, they didn't. But not, it does not end on a cliffhanger. They wrap nothing's it up. ever really dead these days. So if, if they don't let them do another season of Westworld, I will I mean, forever hate the people that bought discovery whoever started this whole chain reaction of shit that is canceling my favorite stuff (laughs) i i think i'm the most upset about westworld and then they could sell off hbo in like six months a year or whatever and somebody just be like hey why don't we just uh fund like one more season of that show nothing's ever really dead these days so if if there's if they can get some money out of it eventually it might come back i mean the we're getting like three walking dead spinoffs so um, it's I don't crazy. want a Walking Dead spinoff. I just <laughs> want season five of Westworld. Like, <laughs> please, please just take me back to the park. That's all I want. That's all I want. Um, oh, I, I didn't. I, I was supposed to throw it to you so you could tell everybody about Tomorrow's Legends, which is geared up. <laughs> so if you've made it this far and you would like to hear more of me, um, and I'm sorry for that, but if you are interested, uh, you may find me on the Tomorrow's Legends podcast. Uh, just Google Tomorrow's Legends or pop it in your podcatcher where everywhere you can listen to audio. And we cover Legends of Tomorrow. If you dug that show and have not listened to us, we have an entire back catalog of covering all of the seasons that you can listen to. Uh, my co-hosts are currently covering the final season of The Flash, which I have yet to watch. <laughs> um, and we covered all of Stargirl and will continue covering Superman and Lois until Discovery inevitably kills it. Yeah, that first episode of Flash was a little rough. I haven't watched the damn um, thing. Yeah, I haven't watched. So I the made a good one. decision to push back <laughs> and say I would just wait, maybe. 
<laughs> and until you can like binge three or four episodes while you work or work out or clean the house or I don't or know literally do anything because <laughs> just watching that was like uh, I was like man I, I picked up my switch and started playing uh, a video game while oh, I shit. listened to them over explain every stupid thing that they were doing um it's also a time loop episode <laughs> so like it's the uh, same things no. over and over and over <laughs> so in my opinion the only people that well there were there have only been two time loop episodes that have been done well and only one of them immediately comes to mind and of course it's because they did it on legends of tomorrow and it yeah. was done really really well yeah, I yeah, I agree with you. That's a really good episode. Such uh, I think a good episode. Supernatural did a time loop episode that was pretty good. Oh, I see. I haven't watched Supernatural. It's another show, and I can't. It it literally escaping me right now. Who else did a time loop episode that was pretty decent? But something else I watched did it. Now nah, I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, go check out all of that stuff. We'll be back next week talking about episode seven. So close to the the finale of season one, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll uh, you know I don't know update you on anything else <laughs> that we're watching. Then probably not the Flash. Uh, <laughs> your time would be better spent shrinking, shrinking or Mythic Quest. Infinitely better than trying to watch the Flash. Yeah, so. I'm I'm not gonna lie. I'm trying to give it the the final push to finish off Severance and Foundation. So I'm not starting at another show that I'm just I, in the middle I, of. I don't blame you there. <laughs> so. so yeah, um, if you ever uh, if you ever get around to those, then you want to chat about them. Severance. Let me know. I've heard enough about Severance that like every time I go to watch it, I'm like, I don't think I'm in the headspace for this. It's heavy. Yeah. So. It's, it's really there, and there are some. Oh, there's some doozies of of episodes that deal with some heavy stuff. But I love I love that dude so much, man. It's He's so such good. a good actor. Uh, his other show, Party Down, is coming back next month too. Oh, nice! So, I haven't watched any of that, but I've heard about it. It's love fun. Adam Scott. Yeah, he's such a good actor. So anyway, we've rambled on long enough. Go check so, out all that stuff out. We'll be back next week. Until then, fuck the haters. Football is life. (laughs) Football is life.